Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions. Evolution, Jim. The American dream is just that. Just a dream. War is a continuation of politics. Only by other means. Politics is a continuation of economics by other means. This is our bank. This is our war. And this is our plan of attack. Banks have become an essential threat to our democracy. So consider this justice. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported radio station on the Internet. Please help support this station so this battle can continue forward. Revolution. Revolution Radio! The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, 100% listeners support radio, and now we return you to your host. Welcome to Sacred Matrix, a divine paradigm of love and universal consciousness, with your host, Janet Kira Lesson and Dr. Sasha Lesson. Together, we transform the world. And now, here are your hosts, Janet Kira and Dr. Sasha Lesson. Good evening. Welcome to the show. This is sacred matrix and tonight it's actually we have filling in for janet and sasha it's myself kevin estrella and karen patrick karen are you in oh maybe we don't have karen yet karen are you there yes i am oh there we go little trouble with the mute button (laughs) (laughs) there we go perfect perfect and is our guest has our guest arrived? I don't know. Uh, I'm calling her now. Perfect. Okay, great. That's great. Yes, actually, we have a, a very, um, very Hello, interesting guest. Oh. oh, there we are. Hildegard? Hello. Yeah. There you are. Perfect. Great. W- welcome to the show. I was well, just thank in- you so very much for having me. I appreciate your interest. <laughs> I was just inter- I was just introducing you. Just starting to introduce you. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, actually, yes. Um, Hildegard and I, I, I met Hildegard uh, a few years ago. And um, we, we became very close friends. And she has a very interesting 
um, interesting story to tell. And I'm just going to read a little bit about, about, about Hildegard so we can explain exactly who Hildegard is. Now, she is, she grew up in an extended family in a farm in Germany. And her professional background is in languages and international trade as well as broadcast journalism. She's lived and worked in Europe and South Africa and in Canada where she raised her four children who are all grown up now. But during her early 30s, she had a near-death experience and she had she had a soul essence exchange during which she came in contact with intelligence from the Andromeda, from the Andromeda system. And since then, she's been receiving ongoing telepathic guidance from her cosmic brother, Louis, Louis Marr, who is a seventh dimensional consciousness scientist from the Andromeda galaxy. Louis Marr is in charge of the Walken project. Hildegard's soul was chosen to participate. Now, what I'm trying to explain here is that Hildegard is a walk-in hybrid from Andromeda. It was uh, a life-changing experience for her, and it, it uprooted her essence of her soul at a point in her life when her children were very small. And she basically, there was a soul exchange in her body, and who she is now came into this body, into this world, and she woke up in the hospital telling them that she was a, a how does she put it, a silicone crystalline DNA being and that she really didn't belong there. And they, her, her husband thought that she had lost her mind and she had to learn everything from scratch, learning how to change diapers, how to bake a cake and really try and integrate herself into society in her young, young age. So it was quite tra traumatizing for her, but she, uh, that was part of her mission. So she uses her extrasensory perceptions and insights into non-physical aspects of the human being existence to assist her clients in becoming higher aware of their inner guidance systems. And her goal is to assist all those willing to live guided by their inner soul wisdom. She's also the creator of the monthly experiencers gathering group in Toronto. What designated, it's a designated safe place for individuals who have had experiences with ongoing ETs and um, and all the, and we talk about the things that are going on in our uh, in our world. And you can f contact her at her website at higherawareness.com. That's H I R R E awareness. And I would be very happy to bring Hildegard into the show. She um, she has been a great inspiration for me. We've both helped each other over the numerously over the years, and and um, we both been an inspiration to each other. Hildegard, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for this lovely intro, and you certainly painted a very nice picture of what actually went on during my early thirties, because indeed it was very disorienting to say the least and very isolating because um, what I know today and the clarity I have today, I didn't have then. But let me maybe begin by saying um, I have to dispel any kind of fears here. It's not like there is some energy or some intelligence that come and take over your body. This is not what it is. 
what needs to be prefaced in this context is that as human beings, uh, I at least was conditioned to believe that I was a physical thing. And what we, I've learned since then is that we are a spirit, a limited, unlimited intelligence, which a small aspect of which is housed in this particular vessel. But my essence, energy simultaneously exists in different realms and in different realities and I of course I didn't know any of that because I was of the world view that you know you you go study you learn you marry you get have kids and then you live happily ever after I had no intention of consciously wanting to experience this but again I was not conscious and um, for those who might be concerned that oh my god what's going to happen can it just happen that you know, during my sleep or if I fall sick, uh, my essence will be switched. I don't think that is ever possible unless we on a soul level and I for myself believe and I can only speak with authority about my own experiences. I chose to have that energy exchange. And the way I see the human body is much like a computer. We have a hard drive. And the hard drive has different kinds of software programs it can access. And so the soul essence, let's say that the software that animated my body up to the age of 33, uh, had an agreement with the 7D Andromeda essence that came in in 1992, that the two of them or these two softwares were switching places. So it's it's not that Hildegard or the vessel of Hildegard was a victim of any thought, not at all. It was part of the conscientization process that a soul that has volunteered to come into this 3D world has enrolled in. It's something I wanted. So, yeah, that's, that's an essence for the world. But the, the most distressing thing initially was uh, that A, now we are in 2018, we have words, we understand, or it's part of the general collective awareness what a computer is. The word software is understood. We know a lot more about how things are connected through Wi-Fi. We can't see it, but it works. We have the internet today. We didn't have these things in 1992, or at least I didn't. Maybe some people did, but I didn't get internet until much later. And I didn't know anything about computers either. So I didn't have the words to express what I had just experienced. And what had I experienced? I was running after a child of mine. He's about one heading for the road. And the last thing I remember, I was running after him, trying to prevent him from getting into traffic. And the next thing I knew everything went black, then there was a point of light in the distance, and for a split second, I would see my neighbors run together, somebody holding that little one, he didn't uh, get hit by the car, he was taken uh, onto the arm of another, by another neighbor, and I saw these people running together there, and I was thinking, 
what's going on and why do you look so frightened? There was my five-year-old holding the three-year-old and I could see the panic in their eye, but they wouldn't hear me. And I could hear, I could see, I could function. And then as I thought, well, what's going on? I saw this point of light in the distance and suddenly realized that the light was so incredibly bright that I needed to protect my eyes from that brilliance. Trying to cover my eyes, I realized I had no hands, I had no body. What was going on? Was I dead? Because I had been through an extended period of uh, traumas. I, I had lost a lot of weight. I had all sorts of health issues. And I had collapsed before. And yet the doctors couldn't figure out what was going on. They just said, be happy. You're a mother of three. Your youngest baby is just a year old and you lost all your baby fat, you should be happy, there's nothing wrong with you, you know, maybe you need to go on some Prozac or some antidepressant because it could be postpartum depression. Anyway, now I'm short of it, I'm in this light, and I suddenly realize that I am communicating with somebody. I don't have a body, I don't have a mouth, but I'm speaking with somebody. And that person said, well, don't be afraid, come closer. And I came closer and I had this feeling of being embraced. It was such a soft, gentle hug. Like the feeling was as if you have, you know, the softest cashmere sweater blanket put around you. And I can't recall exactly what was said. However, I found myself agreeing uh, with what was said. And in essence, I was told I had to go back, but I wouldn't want for anything. I might not get everything I want, and there were going to be further contacts. And sure enough, next contact, uh, contact happened. I was in a department store. I visited my parents in Germany, and I had my little one with me. They had left him at home, and I did some errands. I found myself in a department store, and suddenly from the right corner of my right eye and the le right left corner of my left eye, it was like a theater's heavy curtains would close on me and it was black and then it was white again. And I found myself lying on a bed surrounded by 12 very different looking creatures, humanoid beings. They had chest long platinum color straight hair their eyes were about twice the size of ours and a little more almond-shaped than ours. Their ears, if I could see them at all, I just saw it by the person who was standing closest to me on the right. They seemed to be a bit closer, more forward than the human ears. And their eyes were beautifully blue. And then I found myself lying there and I had a body that was also white. Like I saw my legs, my arms, my head, and there were two people by my feet, two by my head, and four on either side. And the person that was standing closest to me to my right was looking into my eyes and communicating with me. His, his mouth wasn't moving. And I seemed to be very comfortable with that. I understood what was said. And in essence, what was said is what I then later on shared with the physician in 
in a hospital as well, that I had volunteered to have a seven-dimension essence energy enter a 3D body. And because the density of the 3D body would not allow this whole procedure to happen all at once, that essence exchange would continue for a certain period of time as I was able to integrate more and more uh, and clean out the physicality, detoxify the body. Uh, I would have a couple more visits coming up there, but in due time, I would fully be able to integrate this awareness. Now, while I was there, it all made very good sense, but then coming out of uh, this tape back into the 3D world, none of it made sense. Um, in a second uh, passing as well, there was an event where I collapsed back here in Toronto. We lived in the most western suburb of Toronto at the time, and I had one of these collapsing incidents again, and of course, next of kin is called and so I found myself uh, in a situation where I woke with the physician on the right and my then husband of 10 years to the left. And the gentleman said, so what went on? And I said, well, I had a consciousness upgrade. I had a soul essence exchange. I'm a consciousness scientist from Andromeda Galaxy. And I you know, now have a crystalline essence replaced in a carbon-based body and it takes a little bit to integrate this. And the people looked at me. I saw the, the physician exchanging a glance with my then spouse and said, well, shall we inject something? Or And I heard myself say, no, 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 give me pills. I don't know what my panic was about the injection. But going home with my spouse and back to my house was all very dramatic and traumatic because I didn't have any conscious recollection initially of this man. I found the whole process of going into this little metal box and have these other metal boxes run by our box called cars on highways. I had a challenge with that. I was very afraid of um, the whole concept of breakfast, lunch, and dinner, the kids coming, mommy, mommy, mommy. I didn't really know what to do with that either. And for a while there, I had um, a person communicate with me telepathically. She called herself Ashta Athena. And she explained everything about the physical body and how we need to eat and drink and food preparation and you know how women put up on their makeup and how to go shopping and all of these things. So basically, so, she so, was uh, she was um, like a, um, tutoring you on Earth to help you integrate into um, yes. into into a three a three D world. Yes, exactly. And okay. as this was going on, much of the databases from the previous essence came alive again. So I began to remember, oh, this is my husband. These were my children the neighborhood I used to live in. So it helped me function a little. However, the new awareness felt the food in the fridge were poisonous. The, you know, personal care products in the bathroom are poisonous. Uh, 
I have never studied medicine. I've never studied chemistry. I have a background in languages and international trade. So I have never done chemistry to a great extent. And if you would have asked me what propyl glycol and lower sulfate and parabens are, I wouldn't even understand the words. But this is part of the integration process that I had to go through because apparently, and now 30 years after the fact, many of your listeners probably are very well aware that there are many human beings on this planet who have sensitivities to uh, what's sold as food in grocery stores or, you know, as personal care products or household cleansers or laundry detergents. And we have been conditioned that we need to use these things. And so it was quite a shock for my husband at the time when one day he came home and the bathroom and the fridge and everything had been thrown into the garbage because <laughs> his wife suddenly was no longer interested in making pot roast. She was, uh, you know, frying rice and stir frying vegetables and buying on butter and seeing the need for buying supplementations from far away that he had never heard of before. And so it's quite understandable, as many people in our experience group also share, that if the person who has these experiences doesn't have anybody close to them to relate to who believes that what's going on in them is real, it can be quite a difficult undertaking. And for me, at some point, uh, Louis Ma said, take your kids and run. And it was a good thing I did because it was quite clear that my marriage, the way it had been, was no longer functioning with the consciousness that I was carrying because I could not expect my spouse to understand what was going on. So when I say we need to listen to our inner guidance, yes, we do. It's a very difficult thing to do, but ultimately the only way to ever live a life that's congruent with our innermost soul values, if that makes any sense. Hmm. Hey, Hildegard, I have I had one question to ask you because I'm trying I'm trying to understand here. Um, so before before all this happened, um, mm -hmm. now your soul, were I'm trying to understand? Are you still the soul of Hildegard who was born here on Earth, gave birth to children, got married, in that, or or that soul? That original soul left, and and you and you're you're just a pure soul who came in from Andromeda, or is it that somehow that's you're the still the Hildegard from Earth, but you integrated a second soul into your body? I'm trying to understand that. I think what happened was that, like my definition of soul, is it's a limited consciousness an unlimited consciousness of which a limited aspect enters a specific vehicle, which in this case was the body of Hildegard up to the age 33. So I think what happened to me was the essence of the 3D uh, that had animated the body up to 33 
over time left as more of the 7D aspect came in. It's part of the same uh, soul. I understand there are people who say it's nothing to do with a completely different soul. I believe it's, if you look at it like a, a Wi-Fi network, let, or you have, let's say, a Shaw, maybe your internet provider, let's say, and somebody else may use uh, AT&T or something. So I think my soul bits were of the same soul essence. And it's just that the 3D aspect left and a different network essence aspect came in, but it is still the same soul. Now, mm. I've heard of people where they're convinced that it's not the same thing. I don't know. Like, I cannot really prove that. I just go with my inner knowing. And that's yeah. what cuts from within me. And it seems to make sense because initially when I went through this turmoil, because I didn't know who to trust anymore, I didn't know how to trust my own judgment anymore, I began ferociously journaling. And in my journal, it was, oh, it's seven o'clock, one of the children is out, one wake up, what am I going to do next, etc. In the journaling, a lot of the answers came to me and one of the explanations, so what's going on? What happened to me? How come the medical system can't find what's going on with my body? They said, well, because Western medicine denies the existence of the soul. They are uh, materially focused on the physicality only, does not allow for anything else. Whereas what I found out through my journal and through the communication, which Louis Mar uh, is the contact from Andromeda, who would then come and write down who is speaking, because I thought, what's going on? Am I losing my mind? I hear all this different information. What's real and what's not? And so I began to consider all the influences, all the, the info that was flowing through me, pretended they are people, and I would just take one person into my office at a time, and then I would write down Louis Mark, and then I'd write what he had to say, and then I'd write down what Ashta Athena got to say. And then over time, as I would go back in my journal book, things would begin to make sense to me. And as I went through this for about a year or two, I suddenly felt that something inside of me was really clicking. It was almost like there was a hollowness between my legs and my head and my torso was like hollow. I almost felt like a cannon was shot through me and people might be able to look right through me. Yet over time, it was a weird feeling. It felt like I became more solid in my torso to the point that I could even feel something like a zipper and the zipper thing eventually disappeared. Yes, and explain. That, yeah, please tell 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 the uh, our listeners about the zipper experience and and what how you actually physically felt because that's fascinating. Well, it it literally felt like there was a part of my body missing, and over the years, as I began to integrate more of the seven D understanding and 
I might have to explain a little bit more about that because I asked, why? Why is this happening? What's the point? And who am I? I'm not that educated. I'm a little stay-at-home mom with research children. I'm not that important and educated. And what can I do to make the world a better place? Because the, the reason for why this was happening was there was a need on this planet for a shift in consciousness and people had volunteered, or better said, soul essences had volunteered to come into this body as a walk-in, such as I had experienced. So it wouldn't take 30 years to develop this physical shell, and the consciousness could be accelerated much faster, and by a 70 essence coming in this body, I was going to anchor a higher vibration into this planet, which ultimately would benefit all people. And I thought, that is ridiculous. I don't understand. Why am I that important? And the, the understanding and the, the clarity came as more and more of my physicality seems to be um, prepared to take more and more of that higher vibration on. And with it, it felt like you are Imagine you're coloring the torso of a human body on a coloring book, on a piece of paper, and it felt like with every new insight and every new understanding I gained and every decision I made in the 3D to be true to my inner voice, to follow my inner knowing. So pulling myself out of a marriage that I felt was not really conducive to my growth as well as my children's growth, it was a hypocrisy and I needed to pull myself out of that. The minute I had done that, that made a physical massive shift, my health improved. I could suddenly sleep better. I could feel my energy come back. And inside, it felt like that torso was being more and more colored in. I felt more solid. And I think I felt my energetic body and the physicality becoming increasingly one. And they became stronger from the inside out because what I didn't know, that soul creates body, not the other. So the software develops the hardware. So the human physicality is created from the inside out. And as the new 7D essence started to be anchored more solidly in the body, I felt more solid and I became more vibrant. My entire appearance even changed. Like I'm, uh, I had a house fire, so I don't have too many pictures of way back when, but um when I was at my parents' house and I looked at some of the pictures from the early 1980s, uh, even late 1980s, 1990, and then look at what I look like now, it's totally different people. So that essence energy eventually, I don't want to use to take the, 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 the body over, 
but it transforms the body and our physical body is supposed to be always changing every seven years you have entirely new cells and a new body anyway uh, if that makes any sense for so the zipper yeah. experience mm-hmm. then was the final bit of me coming together and it felt a little bit weird like i would actually touch my belly and i'm going that's so strange there was nothing visible but over time it, it felt i felt completely whole like i don't have this anymore it took maybe two or three years um and um the interesting thing about the walking project that Ma told me was on this planet um, he doesn't he's not a lecturer he'll just say a word or two and the rest you have to figure out yourself and then I would scream into my journal come on tell me I need to know if you know why don't you tell me and he'll always <laughs> say human beings have been conditioned to always do what other people tell them if this is going to be anything worthwhile here you got to figure things out on your own. It's kind of like we throw you a bone or a little, we give you a little hint, but you got to put the pieces together yourself. So Trust me, I, I know to... all about it. <laughs> it's right. very yeah. frustrating. It is frustrating only to our logical conditioned mind because we have been so conditioned to do as we are told. And to suddenly have nobody to tell you what to do that can be a challenge. I, I agree. They want us to um, figure something out. And so it's like, okay, what am I supposed to figure out? What do you mean? They throw me a freaking bone here. You know, yeah, I know exactly. Right. But you see, here's the thing. I had a broken body and I was supposed to heal myself because I have the power to heal myself. So I wrote in my journal and I'm going, that's just going to be fast enough. There's a couple of kids I need to lift and carry I lived in a, a townhouse that had, I don't know how many, three flights of steps, stairs, and I didn't have all that energy, and I needed to lift these kids up, and I needed to drive with a baby, and I had the groceries to carry, and all And so I was rather impatient. What if I was not going to be able to put this together? And so one night, there was this massive hand it was an invisible hand. I was living alone with three little kids and a golden retriever dog. But it felt like there was this massive hand waking me up and said, Iki in French, write. So I had an old typewriter, didn't have a computer yet, and I wrote the story, Never Enough, the story of a planet reborn. And I remember that night I'd gone to bed saying, God, Muhammad, Allah, Buddha, Shiva, Vishnu, Krishna, whoever you might be, I have a broken body. I have three little kids. My mom and dad don't even talk to me because Catholics don't divorce. They go straight to hell. So I'm all alone. What if I die? Nobody is able to look after these kids. I need help. So I was sending this prayer out for somebody to come and help me and so the story was my help and the take-home message of the story was do you let love or fear dominate your heart so whenever I had to make a decision 
yet I had no facts to base a decision on. And I'm sure some of you can relate to that. You only have your gut feeling to go by. And then whenever I would say my journey, so now what I'm gonna do, now what I'm gonna do, the answer was, read your story. Do you come from fear or do you come from love? And so I was very gently guided to check in and become conscious and aware of my mental patterns, of my belief system. What am I thinking? Is it a thought of guilt, shame, blame, judgment, criticism, jealousy, hatred, resentment? Or can I master a thought of appreciation? Well, I may not have a crystal ball how I'm going to pay next month's rent. However, there was still some food in the fridge. The children were healthy and asleep in their bed. They had a roof over their head. There was a lot to be grateful for. But in my distress and in my conditioned, fearful state of mind, I failed to be appreciative of what happened. And so with the little hints from Louis Marr, and he would for years, he would say, don't ask me, read the children a bedtime story. The answers, you have them, they're all there. Read the story. And so over the years, I learned to not ask unless there was something that I felt I need to have a little hint for again. And Louis Meyer is not somebody who would continuously chatter away. He would just say, okay, I think you need to hear this. And then I take my pen and I say, okay, slow it down, write. And when I write, and the way telepathy works in my books is I receive images, I receive pictures. I write down what I see in these images. This is also how the intuitive awareness uh, process works, consulting process works. People will communicate something to me, and I have an image. The image may not make any logical sense to me, yet when I use that image and maybe ask a question or just describe the image, then the person generally knows what this is about. So I learned that um, in one of those sessions where he said, okay, I think you need to know this now. Well, what about this walk-in project? What is all of this about? And Louis Ma said, uh, this planet has been under the control by not so benevolent entities from a different realm. And the leaders of this land are puppets to those manipulators. These entities are not creative. Human beings are creators, they can create. Yet apparently these controlling entities are manipulators. And hence they feed on human fear. And they're brilliant in psychically manipulating human beings because human beings have not really been given uh, the true explanation of what it means to be a human and how we were actually designed to function on this planet. Yes, our, our true nature was, was purposely hidden and buried 
in order to maintain or, or teach us a um, their view of reality in order to control us better. Right. I mean, in those days, we I had not seen the movie The Matrix or Avatar uh, or They Live. You know, mm-hmm. uh, these movies came out much later. The first thing I actually had that was so exciting and encouraging for me was a book by David Icke, The Truth Shall Set You Free, that seemed to talk a little bit about what I had a knowing of from within myself. It was the first sign from the outside world that there was something bigger and more profound going on than just the 3D. And the cryon books, when um, uh, Lee Carroll, a scientist, an engineer, I think at some point turned channel, started to bring out the cryon books. Oh my God, I inhaled these beautiful cryon books like nothing else. Because again, what was said there gave me some encouragement that there was nothing really wrong with me. I was not crazy, much to the contrary. I was becoming aware, I was in the process of awakening to a different aspect of myself. But back to what Louis Ma said about the walk-in project, he said, so as people on this planet, and we go back to assuming that the planet had been manipulated and controlled by people who had no creative ability, yet great manipulative ability. And so human being had been human beings on this planet had been fallen prey to their enslavement, if you so well. Uh, there are entities in different worlds, and he compared the different realms with a, a part of the different uh, apartment building or a high-rise building of, let's say, 125 stories, uh, story, so 125 dimensions. And he said, so if somebody in the first floor or the second floor or the 50th floor lights a fire, chances are the whole apartment building is impacted. Wouldn't you say so? And I said, yeah, of course. And he said, well, that's what's going on. So planet Earth does not exist in isolation. And those of a greater awareness and who have a unity consciousness, and I said, well, what is a unity consciousness? Well, all the cells in your body create this unit called the body of Hildegard. I said, sure. He says, well, the universe is a construct where everything is connected with everything else. So nothing exists in isolation. So now, when these people on this planet Earth started to blow up the uh, nuclear weapons and they used to experiment, make nuclear tests, and eventually dropped a couple of nuclear bombs, uh, that's when councils of higher realms got together and said, what can we do? Because every evolving planet is initially to be left alone to evolve on their own terms and nobody from the outside can interfere. And so what was decided upon was that there were souls of a higher evolutionary state to volunteer to embody in the 3D 
And their job was simply to develop a life that they felt most joyous about. The key here is to do what gives you the most joy because joy vibrates higher than fear and depression and sadness. We were actually called just to do what gives us the most joy. And my databases were programmed to raise children. Uh, because initially I said, so why could I not just be alone? And why do I need to move into a body where I was immediately responsible for three other life forms? That, that didn't make sense. And so Louis Ma responded, yes, it did, because your program was so self-destructive that if you couldn't develop the love for these other creatures, you would have destroyed the vessel. You would have committed suicide. And he was very accurate in that. The interesting story is, so in 1992, so shortly after a couple of these near-death experiences happened, I was sitting on a park bench waiting to see a counselor. I was still living with my then husband at the time and we were going to see a counselor, marriage counselor of sorts. I was sitting on a park bench and suddenly out of nowhere, and this was in the fall, November, lots of leaves on the ground, a public park in Toronto, and there was a gentleman suddenly showing up and I didn't hear how he had gotten to my bench. He sat next to me and I had been crying, wearing sunglasses, very distraught, and wasn't in the mood for conversation. And the guy said to me, well, if you know what's wrong, then it's up to you to fix it. And I could feel the fires of hell coming up inside of me saying, what the heck? Who are you talking to me? of righting the wrongs of this planet. Is that what you were doing? You look like you are sleeping in the streets and you know, you're drunk and dirty. <laughs> and the guy said to me, who says that I'm not doing the exact, speaking the right words to the right person at the right time? And it kind of hit me. It was just unbelievable how that hit me. And I was still trying to figure out how to get back at him and you know, to verbally fight back at him because I was in a very angry, agitated, frustrated, hopeless frame of mind. And by the time I turned to him to speak to him, the spot next to me was empty. Now that was in 1992, in the fall. Fast forward to 2008, some friends had invited me to an art gallery. At this point, I lived in Eastern Ontario. I was in a new relationship. Life had transformed. And I'm at this art gallery, and there's this healer doing some special treatment, and it was a fundraiser for, I don't know, sick kids or something. I said, here's my money. Do whatever. I would like to experience this treatment. After the gentleman was done with his work, he says, by the way, Uriel says hi. I said, who is Uriel? Oh, it's your friend Uriel. Remember the guy from the park bench way back when? I said, what? Yeah. I never heard of Uriel in my life. 
He says, well, he is the person in charge of keeping suicidal people, preventing them from committing suicide. And he is very proud of you. He's just telling me this. He must have been an angel. Well, and I asked the gentleman, I said, and who are you? And he said, I'm an incarnate angel. I mean... I had wow. gotten rid of my religious Catholic beliefs a long time ago. <laughs> I didn't believe in angels, never mind an incarnate angel. But there was this gentleman standing in front of me, and he went to his desk and got a little picture. And there was a very stocky, short man that looked rather old in front of on this picture but the man in front of me looks like a 30 year old athletic handsome young dude and i said what this is you he said that is me 12 months ago and you've experienced a similar thing that you just don't come from the angel world you come from somewhere else Mm -hmm. and i mean things like that happened uh quite often in my life and I find it very encouraging and magical because whenever I felt I needed something or needed some confirmation from the outside world that I was on the right track, that I could really truly trust what was coming from within me, there generally would be something like that happening. I was on a funeral once and a woman walked up to me and said, Hildegard, I said, yes, have we met? She said, no, and says, I need you to know there is somebody here that wants to speak to you. And I'm saying, what? So we went to a coffee shop after the funeral was done, and she named my grandfather's name, which is a German name. Not everybody can pronounce it. She was able to. And she told me that my grandfather had come and said, don't doubt yourself. Your spirit is guiding you, and you're doing the right thing, and I'm so very proud of you. Do not doubt yourself. As long as what you're doing is not against the law, it's not harming anybody, it doesn't leave permanent damage on you or anybody else, and you're coming from a point of love, compassion, gratitude, appreciation, all will be well, and you must stand for what you believe in. So you need to learn to establish some solid boundaries and not let people walk all over you. Mm-hmm. Which in essence was what Louis Ma had been telling me a long time ago, that assertiveness and self-love go hand in hand because they are both resonating in love and not in fear. Selfishness is a fearful act. Me, me, me. And this is what happened on this planet. You know, we have forgotten that it's really not about me. It's about what is it that by me expressing the truth within myself and living according to what I believe to be right for me, uh, what can I do to contribute to the people around me as well. And uh, Mm. so I trust that our conversation will 
encourage maybe some of your listeners to listen within and if in doubt, journal it out, you know, and see if whatever comes out of you tomorrow makes sense and then make your decisions based on what comes from within you. Because I heard it said the heart is 5,000 times, is it 5,000 times more powerful than our mind? I don't know. (laughs) If we listen to our feelings, which are the guidance system of our soul, Mm -hmm. even though initially we might just feel pain, but as we work through the pain and we get to the bottom of all of those traumata and process them, the result is quite amazing. And for me to sit here today and say, yes, I got my health back, I was able to raise my children with the information coming from the Andromedans and then come across people like Alex Collier when I first got internet in the mid 90s. And I came across some of the work Alex Collier had done and he has been in contact with Andromedans as well. And at some point I had a group at um, Ashta Command website. There was like a forum. I communicated with people who had similar experiences. Uh, the whole walk-in experience became more natural and it was easier for me to accept it as well because for a while I kind of felt very lonely and isolated and I'm very grateful to have met you, Kevin, a couple of years ago when it was the very first time I actually spoke in public about my experiences. And I initially didn't want to do that because while the children were younger and growing up, I did my best to keep my mouth shut and not say anything. Because me, for instance, not vaccinating my children, changing my diet. Um, at some point, I homeschooled my children and did a lot of things that society wasn't approving of, let's put it this way. And yet I did it. I had enough on my plate to deal with what entailed to look after family. Uh, And Louima said, no, 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 you have two missions. One is to raise your children to the light, which initially I didn't understand what it means, but now I do. And check, this is done. The next thing is to share my story and to make myself available to aid those who are interested in communicating with me and hopefully I can make a difference to them. And then even, yeah, now do workshops and develop my... Uh, book. I want to get this book out about my story, my journey, and I have a collection of poetry. I'm working it, and I'm looking for somebody who can do some illustrations for this story that was given to me that taught me about choosing fear or love. It's kind of the human body is like a receiver transmitter station. I can dial an AM station, or I can dial into an FM. So whenever... Yes. I'm feeling upset or sad or anxious, then I can be noticing this feeling and then consciously step back, take a breath, and then how can I override this thought? I know I'm afraid. I know it's something to do with my past. Yet how can I change my state? And we can consciously stay 
change how we feel. Simply by thinking about something that gave us incredible joy or something we have accomplished. And I remember at some point seeing a therapist and I highly recommend people go and see help at some point. There are things I can do by myself, but then it gets to the point where I need somebody else as well. And Mm -hmm. it's not a sign of weakness, much to the contrary. I think when somebody goes and says, hey, I need to talk to somebody, can you help me? Or do you know somebody that I could talk to? Um, Then we can reach a new level of understanding of ourselves. We're just gonna, yeah, Killer, we're just gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna come back after this. Okay, great, thank you. will give you those truths when you're mad as hell and not going to take it anymore from that memorable scene in network you'll know just what to do we will draw you in and become your news addiction at event horizons join us monday through friday from 10 a.m to noon eastern time at freedomslips.com at revolution radio our world team members are Dennis Fetcho, John Ilias, David Dunger, Hila Cass, MD, Melanie Richton, Jim Mars, Paula Harris, John Trello, Maria Payan, Christopher Husser, D-O-D-D-S, Jonathan Orchard, and me, your anchor, Dr. Robin Falco. If uh, you decide not to volunteer, it will not be held against you in any way. Sounds dangerous. It is. Very dangerous. Count me in. That's right here at Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, where information never sleeps. Is your data safe? Do you have the necessary information to assist you in confidently living through just about any survival situation? Is survival and gardening, off-grid living, medical knowledge, or even natural or man-made EMPs on your list of personal concerns? Do you have your documents and your personal information in a safe place in your hands where you know where it is? Well, check out our preloaded EMP-proof thumb drive. 
Over three gigs of survival documents and how-tos, plus the USDA offline food preservation website, and much, much more, including a surprise bonus we just can't tell you about here. With plenty of room left over to store your most important documents. Imagine if a mega virus or computer failure took out your bank, or all the banks for that matter. Are your banking records safe in your hands so when they get things fixed and repaired, you can say, hey, look, this is what I had. You have it. I want it back. Is your personal data safe? Family records? Addresses? phone numbers we'll squeeze on over to freedomslips.com yes that's www.freedomslips.com click the banner on the homepage for the emp proof bullet drive to get the full scoop of everything that we offer so folks keep your data safe for your peace of mind revolution radio freedomslips.com you don't need to expect us we're already here A visiting Syrian diplomat reported today that their population is evolving rapidly and advancing into a fifth-dimensional consciousness. They are seeking peace with all cosmic cultures, which may mean that the Earth will be asked to join the prestigious Galactic Federation of Light Alliances. Please join Debbie West and Michael Hathaway on Lost Knowledge. Saturdays, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in Studio A for the latest breaking news on the Star Visitor's peaceful contact and the ongoing project of cleansing the Earth. This is the people's war. It is our war. We are the fighters. Fight it, then. Fight it with all that is in us. May God defend the right. Warning! Warning! We gotta stop them! They're gonna kill us all! See how the trouble you've started? Be they the government, be they industry, be they organized labor, be they anyone, or human beings! Time when the operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart, that you can't take part, you can't even passively take part. You've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop, and you've got to win the day to the people who run it, to the people who own it, that unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. Revolution Radio of FreedomSlips.com, the number one listener-supported talk radio station, throwing ourselves upon the gears of the machine. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. You called down the thunder, well now you've got it. You tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! Revolution
every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Studio B for Momentary Zen with host Zen Garcia at freedomslips.com, the people station. The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host... We're speaking with Hildegard Hemke, a walk-in hybrid from Andromeda. And uh, we've, uh, we've uh, heard a lot in regards to what she has been through with this body transition that took place in her early 30s and how that affected her, how it affected her life, and this integration of this seventh-dimensional essence into the body of, of Hildegard. And I had a question for you, Hildegard. Um, Karen, are you here too? Yes, I am. Yes. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah, the question I have for you, Hildegard, um, I am quite certain um, Louis Mar has been listening for the last hour. Am I correct? Yes, indeed. He has. Okay. I have a question for Louis Mar. Would mm-hmm. he be interested? Would he be interested in. Um, speaking on the radio and passing a message, if he has a message. Yes. Um, first and foremost, um, Louis Ma and I, in many ways, are, how should I say this? We are one consciousness. I was apparently trained by, uh, in the same group, the walking project group, and I volunteered to go here, and he stayed on the commutership, for lack of a better word, to um, provide the walk-in support. And there are apparently many of these uh, groups active right now. Uh, and here is what he would like to say. First and foremost, the people on this earth need to realize that at all times has there been human beings who had contact with intelligences from beyond the earth. Reality is not limited through the third dimension. And the people we might have called the sages or uh, our avatars or the genius of their time they were able to tune their body, their receiver, into a frequency where information they were looking for was dropped into the collective realm, and they reached up to get it, whether they were a scientist or uh, they were a farmer who needed to figure out a new way of growing their crop or they could have been philosophers. So all cultures that we look at as ancient and more evolved or less evolved always had contact with people that we today might call off-planet or extraterrestrial. 
secondly, the walking project of Andromeda was designed to enable the people on planet Earth to solve their own issues. There is streams of consciousness on this planet that would like nothing more than to have perpetual war on this planet, much like two children in the family, and I like this analogy, and hence Hildegard had to have children to really understand parenting from first hand. You can read all the parenting books you want, yet unless you have done it, you don't really know much about it. It's very theoretical. So when we're looking at the evolution of different uh, civilizations or planetary constructs, there are those who are just a touch more evolved than the ones that are in kindergarten. The grade one student knows more, the grade two student knows more. The six-dimensional conscious intelligences have a whole different angle of perspective than the people on planet Earth. And so it's very natural that we, from a 7D perspective, are feeding information to the 5D. And from there, uh, it flowed into the 3D. They are incredible human beings on this planet who will bring forth writing material, some of it already is out, that explains how creation actually happens from the 16th dimension downward. And once this is common knowledge, a lot of what we are saying here is superfluous because you will understand what we're saying. So the message is this, fear, and it has been said before, false evidence appearing real, meaning whenever a human being resonates in fear, you're outside your operating frequency. You have a very unique energetic footprint like you have a unique fingerprint as well. And when we are resonating as humans in a fear vibration, we have no access. Our antennas are not open to higher selves and mm. from higher self connect with the aspects of our essence that go beyond the earthly time and space. So while the outer world and the powers at be or the powers that were want the individual to believe that life is difficult, it will only get worse, there is wars, there always will be, there will always be those who have and those who will have to suffer. That is only one program you can dial yourself into. And I would like you to also know that when you listen to that station, it will be consuming your entire being and it will simultaneously block your access to your unique frequency through which health, abundance, loving relationship, fulfillment through complete self-expression of what is your unique truth can bring about. If you are tuning into your true nature and listen to your essence, and this is why Hildegard, as um, 
channel, if you so will, or an intuitive awareness consultant is quite qualified to help people to implement their insights, their inner knowing, which is not yet reflected out there in the world, bring it to manifestation so the rest of the world can see it. And in so doing, you are transforming your 3D reality and everything above that as well. So I hope I made myself clear in that I'd like to let you know there is not just hope, but there is massive physical evidence on the ground on planet Earth already that there are millions and millions and millions of people consciousnesses that are awakening and they are active in all facets of earthly life. And through that contribution, may you not be aware of it, but whatever you are aware of in your environment, that the uh, world that you are living in, the relationships you have, your work, your family, your environment, you will already see that things are shifting. And if human beings only knew that world peace and galactic peace could be achieved simply by everybody desiring it, it's the desire for harmony, it's the desire for peace that can bring it about, yet you can't force it outside of yourself unless one attains that on a deep level within the essence that animates the physicality you find yourself in at this point in time. So from our perspective, um, and I'm speaking here for the group of the Andromedan walking team, I'm very happy to see how this particular vehicle, as have many others, have fought through the thickets of confusion and doubt and the, the, the challenges of integrating an awareness in a world that just wasn't existing 30 years ago. Now, in your time, 30 years is a long time for us. It's not that big of a deal. Yet, by being in touch with the people, and we have um, various groups. I'm in charge of about 250 to 300 walk-ins walk that I'm currently in physicality on planet Earth. There are many, many others. They're from different planetary groups as well. And it's not by coincidence that, for instance, starting in the early 80s, uh, if I'm not mistaken, many, many channelers from the Pleiadians started to appear on your Earth scene. And that was because the civilization from the Pleiades attained unity consciousness a long time ago. Uh, so they are what we call a level one society, whereas currently the peoples of planet Earth are a zero consciousness society, which means people have all different levels of awareness. Now there are, again, currents on the planet. They want to sell 
under the banner of unity consciousness and peace, uh, one world government and uh, want to centralize everything. However, people on earth have a choice and the most power comes from the individual when they learn to look inward and eliminate the fear patterns, beliefs and behaviors and learn to find love for self and come from a point of deep gratitude for what is in this very moment. Because that's how the shift in frequency is brought about. And that is also part of the reason for this planet still being where it is. For the potential has been for this planet to be destroyed many times over. And it's not going to be allowed. It's not going to happen. uh, Because other civilizations and other life uh, would not tolerate that. Much like a mother will only entrust the one who has the ability to drive her vehicle responsibly to do so. So therefore, the children lighting up the playpen with nuclear bombs alerted the greater galactic community and hence many intelligences from different realms have been in contact with people on earth and that's why we have uh, many people coming forward now who are hybrids who are working who have had different experiences in contact with life forms from beyond this planet because their existence has been denied by the manipulators on this planet for a very long time And while it is difficult to believe, uh, all will come to a good end. And I have to let this vehicle know all the time. It's okay, look how far you have come. Because being human, it is very difficult sometimes, uh, also for Hildegard, to be in her unique vortex and resonate in the highest vibration possible. So it's an ongoing journey for her. Is there any particular questions you would like to ask? And I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to speak through Hildegard. I always, I always um, am honored to speak with you, Louis Mar. I, I really am, and I appreciate uh, everything that you are sharing with our listeners. Uh, I'm, I'm. One thing that uh, has been shared with me that uh, that I've been asked to teach and to help explain, and perhaps I'm hoping you might be able to add some enlightenment to it, is in regards to the switching timelines with what people are referring to as the Mandela effect. Can you give me any more insight in regards to what is happening and why this is happening? Well, it appears that as we, as civilizations, grow in awareness, Timelines are becoming increasingly blurry in that one comes out of the illusion that time actually exists. So I consider it less important to be stuck in how does one define a certain label that a certain group of people now wants to stick on 
a certain issue, I consider it more important to um, focus on what is it that the individual human being has failed to pay attention to in their day-to-day activities? And what is it that you can transform so A, you have more pleasing life circumstances, you have more health, you feel more joyful, and you feel your needs, and these are not just to be the material needs, but spiritually are met. It it seems to be so easy for humans to be stuck in the mental loop. The logical mind wants to push people into understanding things, but understand that there is no such thing as understanding everything. Because your mind is programmed to be stuck in something that has been already experienced. Yet as we advance in conscious awareness, the experiences we had in the past are no longer helping us in understanding the impressions that come at a rapidly increasing speed from our extrasense perception. Human beings focus too much on the 5D senses while through the increased activity of photons coming off the great central sun through your solar system, through your solar system and through human DNA. So you have so-called fuel injectors coming up with inside of you and suddenly you know things that you didn't know before and yet you don't trust it. So you look outside, you want to find out what somebody else says about it. And then we get stuck in a habitual loop of wanting to figure things out. But once a human being realizes the mind is a very useless tool, figuring things out keeps you in a loop that never ends and it doesn't help you go forward. So the Mandela effect, while it is correct, it's a blurring of the the veils, it's a lifting of the veils, it's the becoming an awareness of everything simultaneously existing and yet in the transformation of the present, you change the past and you will definitely impact your future. Does that make any sense? I think it does. I mean, um, once you know, you're on a much higher level than I am, and I am just at the point of just grasping certain elements of into my into my limited comprehension. So I I, I I'm truly uh, honored that uh, for you know for you you know answering my question, and I think it does make sense. I mean, what I what I feel is that it would ultimately it all comes down to is consciousness, and and everything else is just a, is a, an illusion. And it, it, it's not just about how it's how to, yes, it's consciousness, you're quite right. But how, what do you do with this conscious awareness? Where does the rubber hit the road? How does the human being take that new awareness and implement it? so that it immediately impacts on how you're doing life, 
how you're treating your fellow man or woman or child. How do you have a new awareness impact your decision in your business on a daily basis? How are you now reacting to a circumstance out there? Or does a new insight or a new aha, a new door in your consciousness opening for you, how do you use that information and apply it very practically here on the 3D Earth level? Because everything else is a waste of your time. Because human beings are on this planet to utilize their unique gifts and talents with which they all are endowed. So they may find happiness, joyfulness, levity, and reach the highest excitement. And in so doing, they automatically impact the people around them, much like a water drop that drops from the a bucket into a puddle of water, it sends ripples out. So does do you, because you are energy as you take new insights gained and apply them, and you have done so. Everybody has done that, more or less consciously. The decisions that human beings make, whether they are conscious or unconscious, the accumulation of these decisions brought about your daily reality. You are today as a sea instrument universe because of choices made in the past. Conscious or unconscious in nature, the accumulated effect is the reality you have today. So if in today's reality there is something that does not you please, you then can choose, and this is the beauty of people on planet Earth, they have free will. And that cannot be interfered with. So you can choose something else. You can just adjust your belief system a tiny little bit. You choose to think one different thought. You choose to say something different in your day. And as it accumulates over time, you create a completely different reality for yourself. It takes time, and yet it can be done. Are you saying... It doesn't have to take time. It are can you go saying, really fast. Okay, are, is that kind of the same thing in regards to... Um, being able to access a parallel universe of a different alternate reality of the reality that we focus our concentration on? Yes. Wow. If I tell you, have you been to New York or tell me a city where you have been? A city where I have been? Yeah. A, a place you have visited in your life. Okay. That's a... Um, well, um, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Okay, wonderful. So if I say to you, Kevin, please place yourself into your favorite location, Albuquerque, New Mexico, 
you are immediately there, are you not? Yes. And now if I ask you, what are you wearing? Who is with you? What does it feel like? You can generate that feeling at random. Yes. So by the instrument asking for help, very humbly, all the egos are gone. She no longer had any answers, nor did the experts in the 3D world. She was fresh out of answers. She dialed herself through intention into the help that she had aligned for her or lined up for her before she took on this incarnation. So simply by intent, a human can go and find answers from everywhere and from anybody. So it's the wow. universal law of intention which draws to you that which you desire. Now, the most difficult part for humans is to get clear on what their desires are. Because many, many experiences and conditionings have taught the human you cannot have what you want. And so when you ask someone, what would you like, most of the time people say, well, I don't want this, and I don't want that, and I don't want this. Well, your subconscious will continuously manufacture that which you don't want, because don't doesn't paint the picture in your computer. Tell a child, don't jump in the puddle. The child will jump in the puddle because the word don't doesn't create an image and the subconscious operates an image. Mm -hmm. The beauty of that is if you can visualize what you want, you can feel it, you can believe it, you can achieve it. And the instrument was so sick that she couldn't do anything else but dream about what it would feel like to be running along the beach, the dog's running, the children is running, and she can run. And visualizing what you want to accomplish and feel what it would feel like sends out very powerful messages in what your scientists call the implicit uh, reality. So the universe has an implicit and an explicit reality. The explicit reality is what you see outside of yourself. Implicit is what is invisible. Yet nonetheless, if you can feel it, I am happy, I'm healthy, I am so grateful. It is so much fun to be in communication with the Andromeda then that's exactly what you achieve. The only challenge is this planet has been so dominated by emotions and energies and behaviors of fear. And that's why the manipulators do their best to bring about limitation, restriction, pain, trauma, division, 
And over time, human beings believe that illusion, that you are separate from one another. If humans knew how powerful they are, if they had the courage to really follow through on what their desires are, without talking themselves out of it all the time. Uh, the instrument is um, very knowledgeable in how the body can mend itself. And over the decades, has come across incredible tools, healing techniques, counselors, healers, you name it. Yet quite often did she experience that somebody is so tired of being tired and she knows what can be done that will help the person, yet the person is so afraid to try that approach because that would mean they now no longer benefit from the pity they might get from their relations because they're now sick, no longer sick, or they now have to take responsibility for their own life. They can no longer depend on other people to be their perpetual caregivers. And yet it's in taking responsibility that the human being accesses their inner power. The universe cannot help, and there is no such thing as um, somebody help me. It's actually always you accessing a different aspect of yourself that then helps you or enables you to help yourself. So humanity cannot be a victim of any manipulators unless one allows the manipulator the power to manipulate. One of your great uh, writers and wife of the American president, um, Eleanor, Eleanor Roosevelt once said, nobody can make you feel badly about yourself without your permission. Mm-hmm. In other words, nobody can make you be a victim of something unless you, gave them you want permission. to be that victim. And so people on planet Earth can never be a victim of anybody else unless they put it into their lesson plan, if you so will. And then once the individual is no longer willing to be a victim, they then transform. When the student is ready, the teacher will show up. So mm. the man on the park bench or the book falling off the shelf or a lady at a checkout counter suddenly saying things that make sense to you. And that's what makes human life so miraculous. That's when people go from desperation to exhilaration because they suddenly get in touch with their explicit, implicit, unique energy vortex in which they put everything they desired. And it's less the material. It's the soul health happiness and joy that comes from trusting yourself that you are saying the right things, doing the right things at the right time, and getting rid of the guilt, shame, the blame, uh, low frequencies. 
So Andromedans are very much on the path of self-actualization, self-exploration as a collective as well as individual. Our uh, children, if you so will, go to school for two and a half thousand years. Human beings were, live, or were designed to live for thousands of years also. Your time frame has been collapsed and restrained and with it humans took on belief and they limit that when they're 50 they're already old and they need to wait to die and then they fall into the cycle of incarnation trap again. But it doesn't have to be that way. What you believe you can achieve and you can manifest it and that's where um, you know when people say well aren't you afraid to talk about uh, these things my instrument said to me oh what will people say will I not be punished for speaking what I will uh, have to say about the Andromedan and we can only respond to that those who want to manipulate and control and punish resonate at a totally different frequency and besides, what's there to fear if you know that the physicality is not all there is to who you really are? This body can be burning, it can fall away, but the essence of you continues to live on. And people who had near-death experiences in many ways are very privileged because they have experienced that. They're now conscious of the fact that if that body is dropping by the wayside, much like you take off your sweater or your shirt at night before you go to bed and you put on a t-shirt or something, the body is just like that. And there is an incredible amount of freedom to be had once a human being frees himself of that dogma of the 3D programming. And joy is the best defense ever. If people want to insult and belittle and critique and you just joyfully say thank you for your input. It is so disarming. Nobody can do anything to you. And that, that, that it, it, I'd like to tell you the story about the elephant. The little elephant tied to a tree with a big rope. The elephant was just a couple of days old. And then over years, the elephant gets habituated to that chain or rope around the foot. But now the elephant is mighty and powerful and could easily break the chain. Yet, the elephant became accustomed to the restraint of the chain. And it's that barrier that is the most difficult to break through. That which you think gives you safety and that which you have been habituated to believe is possible. Mm. Once you can throw that, leave that behind you and gradually become comfortable with the unknown, life in your physicality becomes so much more joyous and longer. And the coincidences that happen, then you will no longer view as coincidence, but recognize as 
the synchronicities actually being your true nature. This is how humans are to live. Things are to synchronistically happen with ease and grace. Humans were designed to walk through this earthly experience. And we <laughs> trust that in a very short period of time, humanity will be able to achieve that. Wow. That's that story of the elephant is just absolutely perfect. Um, I'm I'm going to remember that. And I'm going to use that analogy. And yes, you know when I was awakened, and then all of a sudden, think the synchronicities began, and they have not stopped. And I continuously am always the 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 conscious universe, living universe, is always speaking to me because I, I hear it now, and it's always there, and it's always giving me the answers because I. I, I, I see it now, and I hear it. I know exactly what you're talking about. I meant to ask Karen... I wanted Karen, to leave you with this one image. Imagine yes. a flowering meadow. It's springtime. And you know the meadow has lots of wildflowers. Yet the nights have still be, have been too cold, and the wildflowers have not yet shown their true color. Humankind is that meadow, and it's still somewhat nighttime, and there's still some darkness. However, as the sun comes up, you see one flower show their true colors, and another one showing their true colors. There may be a musician over here, and a writer over there, and an innovator on the other side of the meadow. And before long, the crescendo of all these flowers popping open almost simultaneously. And that beautiful crescendo of all the flowers opening up is the analogy I want to use for the opening of human consciousness because whoever tried to keep human beings down, they're knowing they are failing and they have written about it already a hundred years ago in their writings. They are published on the planet. So one might be able to crush one flower, but the ultimate advancement and acceleration of the collective human consciousness can and will not be stopped. And that is something that I think you all can rejoice in, and I would like to thank you all for listening and giving me the opportunity to share my thoughts. Um, And I'd like to thank my instrument for allowing me to flow through because she can be very reluctant and resistant and she gets very scared and no she is not a channeler and she's quite right she's not a channeler because we are so integrated she doesn't have to go into some deep meditation to let me come forward Uh, but there are a few of the anxieties still to wash away from her as well but i hope that this will give you an image to hold on to yes and be aware of images to come your way that may not initially make sense to you. And I mean to all of the listeners listening to us now, because you're um, 
let's call them extrasensory aspects and machinery. Uh, it's not a good word, but you understand what I mean. Speaks uh, to you through your dreams, through images, through very subtle impulses. I heard it said once um, that a person said, you know, there's a whispering. It is so subtle. You can barely feel it as a wind on your nose when your true self through cosmos comes and talks to you. There is no need for a ghetto blaster. Ignore the ghetto blasters. Go and become more peaceful. Go to a quiet place and listen to that subtle, ever so gentle impulse from within. And ever so trusting, follow those impulses. And then over time you will see a marvelous unfolding as this instrument now can look back for 30 years where she says, well, I come to believe in you, Nuima, even though I know you're not necessarily a person, but whatever information I received by journaling what you wrote, it helped me to get to where I am today. And to me, it's like with all everybody, a good teacher is one where he can say the student rose above him or her. And I'm very privileged to be able to say the same. So thank you very much for having me. Is there anything else you would like me to elaborate on? Yes, first of all, uh, for the audience, um, for the last 45 minutes, I have not been speaking to Hildegard. I have been speaking to Louis Marr in Andromeda. This is Louis Marr who's been speaking for the last 45 minutes. Okay, this is not Hildegard, this is Louis Marr. I know this because I know Hildegard. She and I have been friends for three years. And I know, I know Hildegard's personality and I know when, when, it, when Louis Marr is speaking. And this has been Louis Marr for the last 45 minutes. So I'm, I'm very, very uh, um, honored to be able to speak with you directly, Louis Marr. Uh, Karen, did you have any questions for Louis Marr? I actually do. I, I uh, was very touched myself uh, by the information from Alex Collier and his courage in bringing that forward. And um, I've just recently become aware, well, I, it, years and years ago, I used to write these science fiction stories. And now I'm realizing that probably that wasn't fiction, <laughs> that it was some kind of historical uh, information that for whatever reason I needed to know and and it did have to do with the Patal, which is something Alex Collier talked about. And I was sort of kind of wondering why I need to know this and what can I do with this information? Because it's just been sitting with me for, oh gosh, 30 years, I think. And I'm being brought into maybe a space to discuss it. And so, yeah, I, I enjoy all the information I get, but why this particular information uh, would be important for myself or perhaps others. See, there is no such thing as fiction. Uh, there are only those who see things before others can see it. And sometimes it puts the mind of the writer at ease by having him or her label it as such. Because 
information that is not quite ready to be processed by a human consciousness at the time it is received can at times be very disturbing. But when the writer then says it's fiction, suddenly it's just a story and it doesn't really enter the fear of the writer on a very deep level, if that makes sense. So as to what specifically was the reason for you writing this story, I would like to ask you to first and foremost read your work again with the awareness you have today and become aware of the messages that may be valid for your current life circumstance. So there may be answers in it for you. And then from there, I am certain it will become clear to you as to how to share the fiction manuscript in what form to share it with others, and if at all. Because some writings is simply designed to help accelerate the consciousness of the writer. The instrument had many, many uh, pieces of writing and about 20 years of journal burn up in the house fire. And she was very distressed and frustrated about that. And it took her many years to realize that what she had written was for her own growth and understanding only, and it was not ever designed to be shared with anybody. The story that is to be shared with the world, interestingly enough, was burned up in the fire. However, she had completely forgotten that she had shared it with somebody. And this particular lady had a hard copy of that manuscript at her home. And it was she was presented with it many, many years after the fire. So oh, wow. if that resonates with you... So question one, reread it and look at what is in there today that you might use as an insight for your current situation, for your current life circumstance. And then secondly, meditate and reflect on which aspects of that fiction manuscript uh, you would like to share where and how to best share it. And it is very important for you to know that humans love films, stories, music, because when the human mind is entertained, messages get slipped by much faster than when put in a classroom and there's somebody talking at you. Thank you. Yeah, that's very, very helpful. And thanks for sharing about the fire because I lost quite a bit of it uh, just in catastrophic moves where I lost most of everything I had. So that makes me feel better. It's, it's in my heart. <laughs> that's the important and that thing. And that is the thing because being human, one becomes attached to things. And yet, again, as we are maturing, and I say we, because I have, through the instrument, 
firsthand experience the human emotion and the traumas and how hard it is to detach from material possession, yet it's an absolutely necessary part of the human evolutionary path. For those of you who are on the spiritual path, as you all are, that are listening to me now, letting go and trusting amidst of the pain and the confusion and the devastation that whatever is happening is to the highest good of all involved. Now I say this again, whatever is happening is to the highest good of the evolution of all involved. Because each soul had a contract with somebody else and somebody else and somebody else. And in so doing, there's a whole lot of learning that oftentimes we ignore, the instrument ignored, while the house is on fire and while everything was lost. The understanding of what was gained comes generally much later. And for some people, sadly, they cannot free themselves from that loss. And they are sad and depressed for a very long time. Yet, you are designed to overcome it. And then, like the, the analogy of the flower meadow, you will blossom on a higher level of understanding. And things will flow with ease and grace. If it is not meant to be, you cannot force it, yet the third dimensional education was you have to push harder, you have to turn harder, you have to, have to, have to. No, when things do not flow easily and effortlessly, and that doesn't mean you don't have to do anything. Yes, you do. However, when the energy is not behind it, then walk back, step back and see, okay, so which things give me the highest excitement? Which things have energy behind it? So case in point, the instrument, reluctant to speak at a cosmic expo. Then she meets interesting people, gets initially excited about having a group come together and do an experience of gathering in Toronto. Yet she's still hesitant. She doesn't want to do it. However, then things came to a head in a very easy and effortless way, so to speak, the environment around her conspired to bring that first gathering about. And before you know it, 25 people were cramped into a tiny little room, all very happily to be there. And the instrument felt, wow, that was easy. <laughs> And it made her happy. And Kevin was witness to that. So that's where the energy was leading her. Mm -hmm. Louis Mar, how can I help Hildegard? The best way to help her is to encourage her, like you did today, to express what is within her. Uh. Because the instrument herself uh, oftentimes feels that what she is to contribute isn't really all that significant and isn't that important. Yet whenever she does, 
the feedback is as such that people do benefit. So let her be and encourage her to speak and share. And you know, everything is divinely timed. I think the fact that you two souls put each other in each other's way is help all in itself. So, you know, as I said earlier, sometimes we all need somebody to talk to. I, this is my very first uh, mission where I am in charge of supporting walking on my own. Mm-hmm. I have been involved in these operations many times. However, I was not in charge completely on my own. Oh, so we're, we're, I need support as well. So we're actually just, we're just out of, we're just out of time. <laughs> Thank, thank you for you, coming thank on. You, thank you. Thank you. Radio at freedomslips.com. Any commercial advertising you may hear in this program is of the sole discretion and benefit of the host of whose program you are listening to. Revolution Radio does not endorse any commercial products, nor does it accept monetary compensation for on-air advertising of commercial products, nor will it ever. We are and shall remain 100% listener-supported. Any product advertising on this program are considered used at higher risk, and Revolution Radio shall not be held liable for any claims or damages received from any product advertised within this program. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. Moscow's freeze. That's your cerebral cortex looking for an answer it doesn't have. See? Even your brain knows you're screwed. that fear can exist is in our thoughts of the future. It is a product of our imagination, causing us to fear things that do not at present and may not ever exist. That is near insanity. Do not misunderstand me. Danger is very real, but fear is a choice. We are all telling ourselves a story listening to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com 100% listener supported radio reporting to danger unafraid right here where information never sleeps revolution revolution radio
Take a look around, kid. What do you see? Homes being foreclosed. People working two, three jobs just to put food on the table and still drowning in debt. Don't get me wrong. This country is founded on great ideals and principles. They've all been ruined by the banks. Open your eyes to banks that are robbing you. You know who my favorite president was? Who? Thomas Jefferson. Because he saw all of this coming and tried to stop it. He fought the banks. JFK too, and they killed him for it. The banking institution is more dangerous than an army, he said. Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. 